Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for tuning back into the Decide Your Legacy podcast. This is episode number 13. And I'll tell you what, I'm very excited. I have my first guest ever on the show. I'm going to introduce her in a moment. And it's a great topic. I will tell you, I have had some hurt in my life. And I do have a fear of rejection. I struggle with some of the same things my clients struggle with. Anxiety, fear, all of that. Today's topic is on the fear of rejection in relationships and specifically dating relationships. My guest today, her name is Susanna Matthews, also known as the Date Maven. And I'm excited to hear what she has to share today. She's gonna have some very wonderful practical information. I'm gonna introduce her a little bit more in a moment. Actually, and so I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a family therapist, life coach, mental health professional. I've been doing this for over 20 years. And my purpose in life is helping people find transformational clarity and overcome their biggest fears. So this topic is obviously relevant because of that. And you don't find clarity and you don't overcome fear without relationship. Relationship is significant. That helps you process things. It's a big deal. I'm going to talk about stuff today, and I like to talk about stuff, although it may sound more complicated than I actually wish it did, but that if I talk to a six-year-old about these concepts, it would make sense to them. So, um, okay, six-year-olds aren't going to be dating, but rejection in general is going to make sense. It's going to actually be applicable to even a six-year-old. I have been taking questions from listeners, so I got a couple questions from previous podcast listeners. One, and I want to do this at the beginning of every episode, and just so you know, you can send questions and I will do my best to answer them on the show. I've had some times where I've had to actually leave a few off and maybe save them for other episodes, but I'm trying to do this. And someone who listened to my last episode on mental health in the workplace, that was number 12, their question is, I know I need to have better boundaries at work, yet I fear losing my job. I can't say no. I think if I say no, that I'll be seen as expendable and somebody that they could just kind of get rid of. Well, I'll tell you, um, you, 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 you may be expendable. I mean, I hate where no one's really expendable as a person, but sometimes we can be replaced on our jobs, but there's no way to actually have loyalty or connection even with an employer unless you have some level of vulnerability, unless you put yourself out there in some way. And so I don't know your situation specifically, but maybe you have a heart to heart with your boss. Maybe you actually take the risk and say, hey, I, I would like to have these boundaries so I can have better self-care or spend more time with my kids or my wife or whatever. You take that risk. You don't know where it's going to go, but hey, unless you're honest about where you're at, you're never going to have that kind of connection. So just something to think about there, and we could go into more depth on that as well. Um, and then number two, I listened to the episode on why you should deal with your past, which was actually episode number 11. I have unresolved issues with my dad, some rejection and abandonment. I want to address it. Um, and how do I do this? How do I know when to address it? Well, you know, obviously as a counselor, I have questions like this all the time from clients, unresolved issues with siblings, with parents, with moms, with dads, whatever. And a timing, it can be a timing issue. You know, you're just starting to explore it possibly. I don't know what the right timing is for you, but I'll say a few things. 
that can be applicable to any situation where you're really wondering, should I address something or not? Even the one with your boss. And one is uh, spend some time to step back from it and and pray, you know, ask for some direction somehow, some way, just get some clarity from it. And then two, give it some time. Do you have to do it right now? Some things are urgent, but I find that most things you don't have to address right away. You can actually wait. And then the third thing is to talk to somebody that's neutral. And it could be could be a friend. It could be a, someone, I don't know if your parents or your best friends are always neutral. They may be the ones that are like, you know, go kick their butt or go and cuss them out or whatever. But somebody that's neutral, it could be somebody you trust, don't really know them very well, but take some time to step back. And then you're gonna know, I truly believe, you'll never be 100% confident you should address it, but you'll be 70, 80% confident. This is the right time. I'm gonna step out there. And that's a risky thing because no one can hurt us like our family. Oh my gosh. So it's crazy. I can be scared at saying things to my parents and they're, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in my forties. Uh, it's just, it sneaks up on you. So this topic here though, fear of rejection and dating relationships, extremely common fear. I mean, come on, do we want to be excluded? Do we want to be pushed aside? Have some great stuff here. I think I think it is applicable, and I, I kind of, as I think of this, you know, just broadly mental health-wise, I mean, rejection is something that we can experience in our family relationships. We can experience and have a fear of rejection in our career, volunteering. I know last week I volunteered for an organization that I had never volunteered for before, and I was scared. I mean, I was trying to talk myself out of doing it. Like, I'm like, you know, what's going to go wrong, all this. And so Susanna <laughs> Matthews, exactly. So she's a dating coach, uh, online dating profile editor, personal matchmaker and author. I've had the privilege of actually being on um, uh, her Facebook channel maybe a couple years ago. On, and it was on, I think, Relationships Over the Holidays. And so I've gotten to know her. And I know she's a big time reader, which I'm very excited about because I love people that do research. And she's talked to all the best. She's worked with all the best people in the field. I mean, like a lot of experience. Been doing this over 10 years. And I just got to read a few things about her too. See, she describes herself as a, Susanna, as a writer turned media personality turned educator turned entrepreneur is passionate about helping single men and women to experience love and social connection. As a professional dating coach and matchmaker for the last decade, she is responsible for creating mindset tools. These are some of the things she's going to address today, I have a feeling. Social strategies and digital strategies that help her clients elevate dating and deepen connection. Connection. I mean, got some real great practical information. I just know her approach and my exposure has been really positive. So I want to welcome her to the show and get kind of just jump on into the content here. So, and something she has is called rejection protection. It's a, it's a program and it's, it's a rejection proofing program to mitigate fear, risk, and uncertainty in the dating environment. And uh, so Susanna, how does someone assess their response to fear and risk? Well, First of all, let me just thank you for that amazing introduction. I hope right. to strive to live up to that. Uh, second of all, don't know if I should be worried about being the guest on episode 13. We'll assume that's lucky, not unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is, you know, this is a, a huge piece of my coaching content. And, and I sort of feel like it, it almost ought to come at the beginning, the middle, and the end because we're never really totally and completely cured, quote unquote, of that fear of rejection. And every time we leave the house, I suppose there's some sort of social risk if you want to look at it that way. And so one of the things that I try to help my clients tune into, and I've had good 
good friends and therapists who've helped me learn this as well, you know, people like you who, who's, who do psychotherapy, um, to pay attention to those psychophysiological cues my body is sending and sort of say, hey, what's that icky feeling about? So that I can kind of get ahead of the reaction before the, the trigger really gets rolling and picks up steam. And a lot of times we don't think of maybe going to a networking event or a party or a first date as something that would trigger outright fear, but it might be a modified version of that. Or it doesn't trigger maybe a full-blown crisis response or trauma response, but it might be a modified version of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's still worth paying attention to. You know, your, your breathing rate, respiration might change, your heart rate might change, you might flush, you might feel some kind of um, sensation, you know, in your fingers or your toes. You might even freeze. You might kind of like dissociate and check out, right? Depending mm -hmm. on what, what your past consists of. Mm -hmm. And so getting people to kind of pay attention to um, the stories that their, their bodies contain and, and the messages that their bodies are sending is sort of the first step. And then coming up with some hacks to help people sort of shut that response down or at least try to slow the roll, as I like to say, okay. and, and kind of put that person back in the driver's seat. So, you know, I might even say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling kind of chilly and suddenly I need to wrap up in a blanket or a sweater and you know this means I'm kind of getting into that freeze state mm -hmm. and what can I do to really make sure I stay mm -hmm. present and I'm not just sort of sitting here chattering for my date kind of so kind of like I'm feeling right now sweaty palms and <laughs> yeah. like, uh, well you're under really <laughs> intense studio light so, <laughs> so yeah so what would little. be what would be some of the psychophysiological responses that are the most common I mean you mentioned a few but the most common ones people could kind of look for in themselves. Yeah. So, so, so exactly what we said, kind of that, um, you, you know, either things are slowing up or speeding down. They might be feeling a little bit sort of agitated or restless. Uh, sometimes people will kind of notice, like, I, I need to bust out of my uh, body here mm -hmm. a little bit, or I, I need to walk, or I need to, you know, you might see the leg jiggle a little bit, something like that. Um, sometimes I, I, last night I watched a, a gentleman who just kind of fidgeted nervously with his face mask. Um, and that was kind of his oh, tell, okay. if you will, that he was feeling a little bit nervous and, and out of sorts. It's the 2020 response. It is the, right 2020, the 2020 uh, response. But I mean, here's the thing, and it's, it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. You know, you've heard the saying of everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I really do try to impress that to people when they are putting them out themselves out there in a dating situation if it is relationship and connection you want you know here's the circle <laughs> and then beyond that beyond your comfort zone is everything you want for your heart and your soul the good stuff is beyond the so how does someone manage their psychophysiological response because it may feel like that's out of your yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it does. That, it, you can absolutely feel hijacked, right? Like it can feel like oh, it's yeah. bigger than you are and it's more powerful than you are. And at first it kind of is. I mean, I've been there. I've, I've had that. And it feels very... Um, like, like someone else is in my driver's seat. Oh, yeah. One of the things that I started doing was to practice meditation. And this wasn't an, a, a magic bullet solution. It took a lot of discipline and continued practice. And there are some days I'm awful at it. I mean, it's not anything you really have to be good at. You just keep doing it, right? But, um, but it does in the long run really pay off for me. Um, sometimes people are helped by doing something kind of creative, maybe coloring or doing a mandala mm. or something like that, or um, taking a little walk or getting out and gardening. I mean, something with the that's active and kind of using another part of the brain that isn't that 
that uh, that fear based. But what what if you're like on the date and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you can't what pull do I out do? Your coloring I know book. exactly. I mean, that's the thing is, what do yeah, you do? Yeah. You go to the bathroom and yeah. pull your coloring book. Do you, <laughs> well, that would be funny. What though. do you do? Yeah, like where where are they? Because that's the like, thing. It's like it's, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, and as I yeah. think about fear, are we really afraid of what we think we're afraid of? Are we afraid of our emotional reaction? Yeah. Or are we afraid of the rumination? Right. Like if I think of fear of rejection, I often think of well, I'm rejected. And then I can't stop thinking about the rejection. I should have done this yeah. different. I should have done that different. And it's business a lot of times. Yeah. I know when I started a business, it was like I had so much rejection that I was kind of, okay, what's next? You kind of get immune to it after a while. But do. what do you, what yeah. can someone do? They're on this date and they're like, okay. So, so um, it's, it's like in business, you know, preparation is everything. So like the more you go on those job interviews, the more confident you'll so, feel about the job interview, the more the you more. do it. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's immersion therapy. If you're scared of heights, jump out of the plane. You're scared of water, jump in the deep end, right? There's really, there's really no substitute uh, for going through it than experience. Yeah. And, and you talk a lot about mindset. I, I love what you write and what you say about mindset and, and adopting that mindset of I'm not going to be right for everyone and that's okay. Because I mean, most of us aren't looking for a harem. <laughs> We're looking for one person right. who can be someone we can really connect with in a meaningful way ongoing. And so you don't need everyone to fall in love with you. You don't need everyone to even kind of remotely like you. You just need to sort of show up uh, on that first meet or first date. Uh, we talk a lot about being love and I think for people of faith this will really resonate you know being love is about just really being present for that other person not having any expectations necessarily if this is the person I'm going to marry or I have to really impress them because they're so good looking or anything like that but you know what would Jesus do if he showed up on that date how would he act most likely he would just try to really see and hear and validate Mm. what that other person is bringing to the moment Mm. Being present. That's what I imagine he would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is very good. And I think you know, the thing that comes to my mind with all this stuff is like, man, you know, my 13-year-old daughter can probably trigger those responses quicker than anybody in my whole sure. life. You know? It's like, uh, yeah. and maybe my parents second to that, but it's like, man, it's it was so incredibly deep sometimes. And I know in your program, and I'm really fascinated about this because I don't know a whole lot about the intricacies, but I know you talk about a criticism Rejection framework versus a free feedback framework. Oh. Could you tell us something <laughs> about that? Well, it, I might have been referring to a couple of different hacks that um, I'm very, uh, very into playfulness and imagination and, and getting to people to kind of like, you know, remember how we dealt with problems when we were kids? Well, some of those tactics are still really useful just because we're grown up, so we don't have to leave those behind. So, for example, um, uh, there's a, a, an exercise called listening field exercise. I think this is from Neil Strauss, who's an author, and, and he has you imagine um, receiving that rejection which is feedback, right? It's just another name for feedback. Or that criticism, which is feedback, in a catcher's mitt. And kind of holding that catcher's mitt in front of you, seeing the softball inside of it. And you can kind of pick that ball up in your mind's eye and you can turn it around and you can examine it. And you can say, is there anything valid in this? Is there any information in this that I might want to extract and consider changing my behavior going forward? Or, No, is there nothing useful to me here? And I can just throw the softball back. Or maybe it's a maybe. Maybe it's a, I'm not sure right now. I might want to get some more information. 
Who are the people I like and know and trust and care about me that I can ask them, hey, I got this feedback from my date that my socks were mismatched or my breath was bad or I was <laughs> boring was, or, you know. You bad breath. <laughs> you know? Is, that, is that really happening from your date? Like, I mean, that, that's, that's not a typical <laughs> one, but I'm throwing out an easy one. I'm throwing out a softball example there. But, but yeah. you know, there, there might be something to the feedback. And that is, that is so hard, I realize, to sort of self-assess uh, in that way and, and ask the people close to you, you know, hey, am I kind of a bad joke teller or um, you know have I have I told this story too many times have I kind of beaten that to death but if you really want to grow those are the kinds of questions you need to be willing to ask and hear answered hmm. you make it so sound easy but what if it's the, really I mean this is not to sound critical of what you're describing here but one thing comes to mind is well what if they're giving you critical negative feedback but really they have it's kind of yeah. coming from their yeah. stuff their insecurity or Absolutely. something, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a good thing to recognize. This is not even about me. Yeah. Right? That's How when you, you throw the softball back. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, you know, How someone, do you know that, though? Well, I mean, I think you, I think you really listen, and you really know kind of who you are, what you have to offer, and what you're about. Yeah. And so, if the other person is making really general comments about, you know, man or men are terrible and women are crazy, and you know, those that, that's really not yeah. about you, is it? It's really yeah. about the other person's framework and kind of maybe their past experiences. Yeah. To me, those are really easy to just sort of let flow. That, that's just, you know, it, it'd be like if someone told me I was a an orange-haired troll. There's just really nothing about that criticism that off. relates yeah. to me, you know. So yeah. if you know it's not true in your core, it is easy to throw that ball yeah. back. So when my 13-year-old says I'm the meanest dad ever, Aww. like, and she didn't actually say that, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's easy to understand that there's a difference yeah. sometimes. So what about the role of, of and this is kind of a mental health term, but PT, post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. disorder, basically mm-hmm. that means that you've gone through something so traumatic that it's really stuck and you spend your life creating layers of sensitivities to make sure you never go through that again. So, you know, what people think of is often like combat veterans. So maybe they're afraid of things that sound like, you know, loud noises and fireworks. But I mean, PTSD technically can actually run the gamut. I mean, it can be divorce. Um, it can be abandonment as a kid. Domestic violence. Domestic violence situations. So yeah, what... Are your thoughts on how that might play in this whole rejection? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there are a lot more walking wounded out there in the singles population than, than probably are aware. And that's not to say that they're not able or ready to date. It's just to say that maybe they aren't quite aware that they have built up those layers of protection as a response to the trauma and the stress of previous relationships. One of the big tells that I will often hear people give away is, well, I won't do that again, or I won't settle, or I won't put up with that. And that's great to be able to leave a relationship and know what your boundaries are and your your must-haves and your non-negotiables. But I see sometimes those things get really calcified, and suddenly the wall becomes so tall, the fortress so impenetrable, nobody can get in. Yeah, It's really hard. And you can feel that energetically, or at least I can. I can kind of tell if, if I'm in someone's company and I just sort of feel that um, there's, there's, a, there's a mighty fortress there yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that comes across in the way they talk, the way they carry themselves, the eye contact they make, sort of how comfortable they feel with them themselves. Yeah, sure. Um, you can pick that up. So then what do you do? How do you help them as a dating coach with that, if you pick up on yeah. that? Because, you know, it's... Uh, I can see that. I mean, if there's real trauma there, they might be just negative about about everything. And you may hear it very subtly, like, well, I'll never date somebody that's 
under six foot. Yeah. You're like, or, you know, what? well, most men are not over six foot. Right. So what, what's going on? Yeah, here? You know, <laughs> I won't date anyone over 50. All 50 <laughs> like, somethings are trouble. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You hear it in the yeah. stereotypes and then generalization. And really, I think it, it, a two pronged approach is important. I mean, what you do and what I do, I think really dovetail. Uh, I, I have zero judgment for it's even on my, my client application form. Have you ever uh, undertaken psychotherapy? And I want to see a yes to that. I mean, I'm actually yeah. looking for, you know, oh, yes, you know, post divorce or post job loss or you know whatever yeah. it was that lets me know that someone is able to recognize when that that need is there to heal a wound mm-hmm. and they're able to seek out support and resources to work on that and we're, and, and we're always a work in progress you know I'll often hear people say well, I don't want to start dating until I'm totally healed well guess what you're not going to finish healing till you right yeah we'll here. be carrying your casket yeah but you know it is in a secure loving um spiritually centered relationship that I think we have the, the greatest capacity to do the final leg of the work on healing yeah. and I know that's a tall order <laughs> But, but it's okay to, to heal some and then put your toe in the water. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's actually just totally proven. I mean, you can, when you have relationship, you deal with stress better. You can't go it alone. I know that's a big, big deal about it. something I talk about consistently is you can't go through life alone. And mm-hmm. that's how you see your fears clearly. That's mm-hmm. how you, and so, I mean, that one in, intimate lifelong partner, I mean, that's where it should happen to the deepest level. So, so. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know that you, you're never going to be fully healed. I know I talk about a lot just to make it a seven. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. It's okay to be a seven. And so um, this is one that I think a lot of listeners probably will want be wondering about. So how do you reject someone else? <laughs> um, and I know like gently yeah, with respect, yeah. you know, with, cause, cause we, you, you we know, feel you, bad. You, well, you, you feel bad. I mean, what if they're like your, your, uh, your, your kid's friends, yeah. you know, like your, your, your best, it's the mother of some of your or someone at church yeah, or whatever you know how do you do that yeah you again absolutely well and, and even if you know you're not going to cross paths again it's just hard to do because we never want to make someone else feel like they're not worthy or that they haven't lived up in some way and, and believe it or not this happens in friendships as well right like um i've been meeting some gals off of uh, bumble bff which is just for you know women meeting other women for friendship oh, yeah, and right. um, that's something i kind of started doing during covid and i was feeling a little isolated so i wanted to just kind of meet some like-minded ladies and the next thing i knew i was like whoa i can't handle all you know this many friends i need to figure out where to invest my energy to really be a good friend and not be a yeah. bad friend yeah. um and and so usually i'll help clients kind of you know, figure out, you know, do you really want, because ghosting is never okay. Ghosting is never acceptable. And what is that though? Because I think that's, there's some confusion yeah. on that. So like if somebody likes you and you don't like them back, is that ghosting? It is not. Okay. Ghosting happens if you've already been communicating. So if you've been messaging back and forth, either on a dating app or via text Even message. Even just one time? You know, if you had one exchange and it was a quality exchange, I would say the kind and respectful thing to do is to close that out. Wrap that up. Okay. Now, if it was not a quality exchange, so I would define a quality exchange as something like, hey, <laughs> I don't owe anybody a response to such an un. Well, what did you do this weekend? Yeah. Is that generic enough? Um, yeah, I mean, if we've been having a conversation, you know, I'm probably going to yeah. err on the side of kindness and respect. If we, if it's like, hey, gorgeous, that that's not a conversation, and a, right. a lot of women right. hear that, right? They get the hey, beautiful, or hey, sexy, or whatever. So that's not a conversation. You don't owe anybody anything. Got it. Um, but if you have been chatting back and forth, and you know, maybe you're talking to multiple people at once, which is kind of how 
network sometimes. Um, and you're, you're, you decide there's this one person I want to really get to know better and I want to focus on that person and wipe, wipe the board clean with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Then, then it is nice to say, hey, you know, I think we have maybe some different, different objectives or you know, different um, needs here. And I thought you were really cool. I really enjoyed meeting you. But okay. uh, you know, I've met someone I click with and I want to kind of see, see where that goes. Or <laughs> I've enjoyed talking to you. You better I think have we're, really met somebody. Well, yeah, or I enjoyed talking to you, but I think we're looking for different things. I think you're awesome, but you know, I, I think we're just looking for different stuff. And so all the best to you. And, and you know, keep it really light. You don't have to deep dive what it was about them that didn't work for you um, for, the, for the most part they don't want to know <laughs> and you don't know them well enough to give that feedback um, but but you know it, there's so many people who get so wounded by ghosting you have to kind of think about the collateral damage in the whole dating world you're creating if you ghost somebody you are making their dating experience so unsavory they may not try again yeah or they have that more of that wall up another brick in the wall wow that's so misunderstood, I think. So so then what about somebody that, okay, on an app, you don't like them, but you know they're going to run into, you know you're going to run into them at church. Should you still reach out to them or should you just not like them, you know? So, like, so I can tell you what I would do, but there, there's no yeah, necessarily, yeah. you know, right right or wrong here. Because, I mean, it could be at work, too, which makes work, it doubly awkward. Exactly. Right, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're you know yeah. yeah. So it's maybe like, a, you know, hey, haha, fun, you know, funny seeing you on here, LOL. Like lots of little smiley because emojis uh, really help soften this, right? Emojis not only increase the response rate that you get in online dating and on dating apps, but it also helps to soften any sort of blows. Um, so, you know, funny seeing you here, you know, just trying this out as of the last few weeks. I uh, hope you find what you're looking for. That lets the other person know, you know, maybe I only swiped on you to just send you this message and I'm not expecting anything okay. to come of this. Um, you know, I hope you find what you're looking for. Good luck. Let me know how it goes. Thumbs up. Okay. That kind of thing Even, sets okay. a real friendly tone um, and kind of lets you back out of that. Wow. That's very valuable information because I think there is a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. with things like that so yeah. um okay now just to, something also that what what are appropriate and i talk about this with clients like what are realistic healthy expectations mm. to go into maybe a first interaction or to go into somebody mm-hmm. you know into a date yeah so so it's simple but also hard <laughs> so i'm going to yeah. prepare you for the answer and the answer is something like my expectation is to have a good conversation period that's it. A lot of people are having a hard time with that because they have this belief, my time is so valuable, my emotions are so delicate, I have so little availability, I really need something to happen here, I need lightning to strike. Well, if you kind of go into it, into it with that, you're really setting yourself and the other person up for that. That's a high bar, right? right? When when I was um, dating, like you know, I just kind of said I want to check out a good wine and have a good conversation. And if I can check those two boxes, I'll consider it a success. It doesn't matter if I never want to see the person again. But but that was sort of my my perspective. Now I know there are other people who have just they have swiping fatigue. They have first date mm-hmm. fatigue they really want that date to mean something well then you kind of need to spend more time in the prequel <laughs> section I'll call it which means maybe you get on a video date maybe mm-hmm. you talk on the phone first maybe you text for a few days or a few weeks before you make that date you're doing some pre-qualifying in terms of mm-hmm. values alignment and compatibility and so forth hmm. interesting so how quickly would you ever suggest somebody actually you know meets over video or in person 
Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I mean, with here's the thing: like, some people are great at texting. You know, they're they're really charming. You know, maybe kind mm-hmm. of a, a have a Cyrano sort of a, a style or something. And and other people are really terrible via text, but awesome in person. Mm-hmm. And so I never assume necessarily that just because someone isn't super chatty or conversational in text, which, which most people really aren't, um, that that they're going to be equally amazing in person. Uh, I do teach uh, something called power openings, which is a process that people can use in mm. their texting that secures the date uh, 9.9 times out of 10. But but I digress. Um, but uh, just, you know, kind of giving people grace. And it goes back to that thing about being love. You know, how how would Jesus, if, that, if that's your um, mm-hmm. spiritual guide or Buddha or, you know, whoever it is that you find inspiration from, how would that person show up in, in this text message? Or how would that person show up on this date? Um, so sorry, I kind of like went sideways there. Did I answer your? No, question? it makes it. Yes, you did answer my question. So is dating with grace and and being love is that the same kind of thing, or it it is essentially the same thing. Okay. And just just point of clarification, you know, I I know for women especially sometimes this is a hard concept to wrap around, and and that's very fair because oftentimes we women put up with far more shenanigans than most men imagine are going on in in an online environment. I think if men had to spend a week uh, dating as a woman, um, there there would be a lot more patience and understanding and just Mm. sort of, you know, passes for sometimes women just, they're just so overwhelmed. They're just so Mm. shut down by the sort of assault uh, and and aggression, if you Mm. will, um, psychologically of, of what can come their way in online dating so so especially if men can be grace you know and kind of realize like women are just dealing with a lot of uh stimulus in an online environment and a lot of unwelcome stimulus right and 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 that can take its psychic toll right i mean if you were getting maybe unsolicited um personal private pictures from someone that you did not want or ask for that's that kind of is a ding in your psyche every time that that happens or if someone says why won't you talk to me you bleep uh you know fill in the word and um you know that that kind of dings your psyche a little bit and you go you know what i gotta step back i can't show up right now like i gotta do netflix (laughs) and that that happens to women a lot so that being grace now the flip side of that is of course you know ladies that doesn't mean you have to put up with um wretched behavior you know being grace doesn't mean you 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 give someone who's scam a pass so please don't miss doesn't mean you don't call the police if you right or send you know yeah i mean that's (laughs) tell your friend where you're going to be and who you're going to be with or whatever i mean yeah that's a big deal so let's go to the application this is my favorite part of every show it's you know how do we take something or what are ways we can apply the information to get to the next level i mean this is this is a big topic and again just want to reiterate that so much of what is being shared here is applicable to any relationship. I know some is specific to dating, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's very practical information that's just with dating, but I like to think about like if you're in sales. Yeah. I mean, very similar. Or if you're um who knows, you know, just putting yourself out there with something new in a new way. I mean, who knows? You can get rejected in so many different forms, but I like to think about it more broadly than that. Now, the application, what what are some resources that you would suggest? For people, I mean, obviously, hiring you, getting involved yeah. is one of the opportunities that they have. But other yeah. resources. So there's a book I recommend, and if people aren't readers, they can find the TED Talk by this person. But it's called uh, Rejection Proof by Zha Zhang, and his sort of shtick uh, and his TED Talk is about this: is he underwent a hundred days of intentional rejection. He created a challenge for himself in which he actively sought out opportunities to get rejected, so that he would become undaunted by rejection, and it worked. Well, so first. First of all, there was the outcome of he, he really did get over his fear. He needed to pitch for venture capital. 
capital. He was struggling to raise the money he needed, and the, the, the challenge kind of helped him uh, mm. to get get unafraid of that. The other thing that happened, and I think people don't realize this, this is where the magic is, more often than not, people want to help other people. Mm. And so he found that as he asked for ridiculous things and made ridiculous requests, like, can I have a refill on my hamburger? Or can, can I, I have, 50 bucks? yeah, can I, can I plant this rose bush in your backyard, you know, to some stranger? Can I kick the soccer ball in your backyard? Um, more often than not, even though people looked at him like he was a little bit weird, <laughs> right. they tried to find a reason to say yes, because he wasn't threatening, he wasn't menacing, he was lighthearted, he was sincere. People want to help you. Let them help you. Well, I need to check that out. So and anything that's referred to in this podcast by myself or Susanna is going to be in the show notes. So you can get a link there. You'll be you'll have a link to Susanna as well and anything that we reference. So that TED Talk as well. So um, please check that out. So what else would you recommend as a resource? Yeah, so I, I will have my, uh, my clients sometimes kind of enact their own little mini um, rejection challenge. But as I mentioned earlier, being prepared, knowing in advance of the meet or of the um, even just a text exchange of what it is you want to say and what you can talk about. And I'm not talking about, hi, how was your day level conversation, because sorry, any monkey can do that. But but deeper, more interesting questions that really get to the core of who the person is. And so we spend a, a real chunk of time in coaching on what we call power conversations. And they're the kinds of conversational prompts and questions that I guarantee you no one else online is asking him or her. And so when you kind of come with that locked and loaded, so to speak, you feel much more powerful in the conversation and you're you're getting a higher quality and, and more continuity in that text stream back mm. and forth. So we'll have our clients send us screenshots of the text bubbles if they get stuck. What do I say next? Wh- what does she mean? What is she talking about? Mm. How do I back out of this? I said the wrong thing. Oops, I messed up. You know, so we'll have them send those screenshots so we can give what's called just-in-time coaching wow. to help them correct. Wow. And that's pretty special because, you know, a lot of not, not every coach yeah. provides that. So. so you're at home, like, waiting for text. I, I'm at home waiting for the text to roll in. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's so just don't text is. me after 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the so. date's been going pretty well. There's still there you go. Yeah, it's, so. it's on you now. It's a, okay, there you <laughs> yeah. go. So. Well, so how can people get more involved? What opportunities do you have to offer here? Well, we actually have an event coming up in October that is focused on relationships, not just the single experience. So this would be something that if you're single and you want a relationship and really want to do your homework in advance and get yourself relationship ready, or if you're one half or two halves of a couple and you want to sort of up-level your relationship or elevate your relationship, and it's called Romance Rehab. I know that this year in particular with the pandemic, it's been really hard relationships it's tried Mm -hmm. relationships in ways they've never been tried before Mm -hmm. and so a lot of couples do need a little bit of a a kick (laughs) you know a little something to kind of little booster shot so to speak and so I'm doing this on October 17th at the white building which is on East Douglas it used to be that Persian rug gallery sure Uh, A to Z advisory group is there and it's from 1 to 3 p.m. I'll have an event bright page where people can get tickets and uh, Kelly Scott who's a peer romance consultant is going to be having some products off in a room on the side if that's something that interests people so that is uh, coming up in about I guess three weeks wow so in people join in over Zoom as well remotely or is it all live? It is going to be live. Uh, we are wearing masks and we are distancing. But okay. We are trying to get back to some a little bit of live but safe uh, events like that. What's the best way for people to reach you to get in contact with you? If they wanted to hire you for some one-on-one 
stuff. Yeah. And, you well, know. so there's the website, thedatemaven.com. My email is Susanna at thedatemaven.com. I'm also on social media. I should mention that we are um, just this week launching a la carte coaching, which is brand new. Hmm. Uh, coaching programs are usually three or six months long. Uh, matchmaking is six months long. And we kind of heard some people say, you know, I'm not ready to make that commitment or I'm not ready to make that investment or I mm-hmm. want to sort of nibble at it a little bit and, you know, see if I can get some momentum going that way. And so we've launched a la carte coaching to be a little more accessible and give people a taste of what coaching is all about. Very cool. So, well, hey, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here, but really grateful to have Susanna on the show. And, you know, if you're interested, just want to kind of let you know, please check out future episodes of the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Tell your friends. Really encouraged by all the feedback. And, you know, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you subscribe, you know, you'll be informed when a new episode comes out. Um, Again, everything we talked about here is in the show notes. If you're interested, please sign up for my newsletter at, at Decide yourlegacy.com and if you do that I'm going to give you some free material one is on five days to overpowering anxiety so it's a little workbook that I give away to people that I use with clients and have for years with those concepts and some life balance tips as well thank you for tuning in Um, just yeah spread the word love to get this out there and got some other podcasts real excited about coming up soon as always if you found one thing useful from today I don't expect you to say Although, you know, I think it was all pretty useful. If you heard me listening, I was taking notes. It was interesting stuff here for sure. But a lot of times, and I like to think, and I ask clients this question at the end of every session, I'll ask them, I'll say, what is the most useful thing to you today from this discussion? Because I want them, and usually they get silent. You know, sometimes they say like the last thing I heard, and I won't let them do that. I can say, this can't be the last thing you heard. Go back and think, and then they're going to come up with something, and that's what's really sticking with them. And it could be, you know, well, there's some activity that Susanna recommended today, or there's some, there's some, um, something about fear or, you know, having power conversations that resonated. And so take that and make some application and don't wait to do that. Cause if you do, it's going to diminish over time. You got to do something while it's fresh. You know, if it's just, Hey, I'm going to tune in next time to this podcast because I like it. I mean, something is going to make it stick for you. So you move forward. So as always, make a decision, apply something that you've learned from today. You decide your future, nobody else. You get to decide. No one gets to do that for you. Decisions are hard, they're not perfect, but you're gonna learn, and there's really no perfect decision. But you decide your legacy, you decide your future. Tune in next time, and thanks for tuning in today. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. 